Was it your dog? No, it wasn't. How do you know? Because my dog is a puppy and he's only one years old and he's super friendly and he doesn't even have a spike collar and he's never outside the gate alone. Has your dog ever gotten loose in the neighborhood? No, no. This is the plaintiff. Lisa Halstead. She says the defendant's vicious Rottweiler attacked her poor pooch Mocha and nearly killed her. Mocha's like her daughter. The defendant thinks the attack was a big joke or something. Well, she's here suing for the $10,000 she's owed. This is the defendant Melinda Leon. She says this case is a case of mistaken dog identity because her dog is super friendly. He never got loose and he never attacked anyone's dog. She feels badly for what happened to the plaintiff's dog, but she's simply not the responsible party. She's accused of having vicious propensities. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Halstead, you are suing Ms. Leon for $10,000, a statutory maximum in your state of New York, for damages to your dog, because according to you, her dog attacked your dog. Tell me what happened. On February 5th, my sister was walking my two dogs, Mocha and Miley, and uh, she said that she felt a presence okay, is your of sister, danger. Can I just ask you a question? Is your sister present to testify? Because you she's, weren't there. She's next to me. Can you switch places with her? Let's start with her first. Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. Hi. Hello. Hi, okay. Your Honor. Um, so why don't you tell me what happened? On February 5th, um, 2021, it was about maybe four, between 4 and 4.45, I was walking westbound on 116th Avenue toward 227th Street. As I was walking with the, um, the family dogs, our two puppies, I felt a presence, um, some sort of danger, and my instinct uh, told me to look, look behind. As I looked behind, I saw a, a black, dog with silver spikes around his collar run from across the street as if to attack me. Okay. I, I, I froze um, at that time. I still had my two dogs with me. And uh, as I froze, one of the dogs jumped in front as if to protect me. As, as she did that, the black dog, which was... Uh, which had, had no owner with him and uh, unleashed, attacked, attacked the dog and held the dog by his neck like a rag doll and just held on and just kept uh, shaking the dog from left to right. I screamed, I yelled, I didn't know what to do. And at that point, um, I was holding the other dog to protect that dog from this black dog. 
as I screamed and I yelled, I, I did everything to release our dog out of this dog's mouth. And I, I did. I had success. And then? Someone, um, Melinda, apparently or allegedly, ran from the same direction of the dog and in a laughing manner said, not my dog. And she said it twice. And as she ran away, the dog followed her command and, followed, and ran with her. Just a moment. What was it that the person who approached the dog said, not my dog? Not my dog. And was laughing? She was laughing. She was laughing. She thought it was she funny said, that not my dog. dog was eaten? Apparently. Okay. And did you say, stop, I need your name, who are you, or follow her, or see where she walked, or anything? I was so distraught. Um, my dog was laying in blood as if she seemed to be dead. I was scared. I had my cell phone. I called my family right away. Is Mocha your dog or your sister's dog? It's my sister's dog. Okay. Can I speak to your sister again now? Sure. Okay. Um, you took Mocha to the vet, correct? Yes. And according to you, there's $4,000 in hospital bills. Is that correct? Yes. Tell, tell me what happens once you get Mocha, you know, you go, you go to the scene and you get your dog. Tell me what happens. Okay. So my sister called and all I could hear was Mocha's dead, Mocha's dead. I didn't know what she was saying. I jumped into my car. I saw her standing there crying and my dog was lying in blood and mud. We only saw four um, wounds, like open cuts. And so I said, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. So we wrapped her up and she just would not stop crying. She would not stop shaking. When I brought her in, the vet said, if I had not brought her in, she would have died. Um, because of the way she was shaking and they were able to touch her, they said they could feel the internal damage. So most of the damage was internal. She had to have emergency surgery. Okay. Um so from what I understand from your sister, she doesn't know who the person was who took the dog other than that they were very sinister and laughed and said, not my dog, not my dog. Um, and she doesn't know where they went because she was freaking out so much about what had just happened. So yes. what do you do? Because at that point, you have no clue who it is either. And um, yeah. so what do you do? So I created flyers and decided to offer a $1,000 reward. And we literally went door to door in the neighborhood asking people if they saw this dog, if they knew who the dog was. Um, finally, I did get somebody who called and said, I know who the dog is. I know where the dog lives. Okay, when and you so say the dog, your flyer said what? Let's see what your flyer said. My dog was attacked on Friday by an unleashed large black dog with a collar that had silver spikes at 116 and 227. The reward will be given to anyone who has any information on the identity of the owner of this dog. Uh, did mm -hmm. anybody claim the $1,000 reward? Yes. Uh, what did the person do? Point to um, the defendant walking a big black dog in that area? No. The person gave me a name and said, I think the dog lives in that house. So actually her neighbor told us that the people in that house have a, a, a black Rottweiler. So the same person who told me who um, the dog owner was called me and said another day and said, she's walking the dog right now. Okay. 
And so I was actually at the vet with Mocha. So my sister, Stephanie, and her daughter drove over to her house and waited to take a picture of her walking the dog that she said was not my dog. Well, you have a picture of someone walking a black dog. Is that you, Ms. Leon? Yes, it looks like, yes, it is. It it is you. And is that your dog? Yes, it is. So um, was it your dog? No, it wasn't. How do you know? Because my dog is a puppy and he's only one years old and he's super friendly and he doesn't even have a spike collar and he's never outside the gate alone. Has your dog ever gotten loose in the neighborhood? No, no. Do you have any evidence, Ms. Halstead, that Ms. Leon's dog has gotten loose in the neighborhood? And I'm not talking about people saying they saw a black dog. I'm talking about citations against Ms. Leon for having a loose dog. No. Do you have any testimony to provide to me today from any witness who has actually knows that the a loose dog came from her house? Like you want to keep anonymous the person who turned her in. But do you know anybody else who's going to be testifying that? Oh, her dog gets out all the time. That lady's dog gets out all the time. You don't have any such evidence, correct? No, but I do have my sister who identifies Melinda as the girl who ran up and said, not really? my dog. I was waiting for that. And what your sister said is allegedly, apparently, that's what your sister said. She didn't say that's okay. the lady who came up. But let's okay. hear what your sister has to say. Put your sister back on and let me let me hear what she has to say. Yeah. What was your name again? I'm sorry. Stephanie Halstead. OK, Ms. Halstead, are you identifying positively Ms. Leon, as the person who came out there and talked to you that day and made, you know, sinisterly said, not my dog, not my dog, and laughed? Yes. How can you be so sure when you were describing yourself as near hysterical, unable to follow her to see where she lived? Um, how is it that you are able to, from one moment, identify her? It was a, a few seconds that I was able to see her run from across the street where the other where her dog came. And um, I saw her in that split second say, not my dog. And then she ran. The reason why I couldn't run was uh, Mocha was on the, I, on I don't the know. I don't even need to go over that again. Of course you couldn't run. You had other things that you were worried about. It was very traumatic. I've been in your shoes. I watched a dog, my neighbor's dog, kill my cat like a rag doll. I know how traumatic it is. I've got to decide something here. And what I've got to decide is if you guys have the right dog, you know? Someone says there's a big black dog here and they get $1,000 and that's it. That's the evidence that it's this dog. Um, Ms. Leon, has your dog ever attacked another dog? Never. Has your dog ever attacked a person? Never. Have you, do you have any, uh, let me speak to the other Ms. Halstead. Do you have, uh, in any of the pictures or evidence that you've been able to take since, uh, somebody said, Hey, she has a big black dog. Have you ever, uh, witnessed the dog with a collar with spikes? No. So, and the only way I got that information was from people who live around. I know, but you need to understand, Ms. House said, I am so sorry that this happened. It had to be incredibly traumatic, especially for your sister. Mm -hmm. I I know. Mm -hmm. And you're out a lot of money. I know that. And you have, you've given me 50 pictures and you've proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that your dog was attacked by a black dog. 
The thing where you're thin as can be is that that's the dog that did it. You offer somebody $1,000 for pointing out a black dog, and then you sue the person who owns the black dog. I mean, that's basically what I have, and it's just too thin. So I'm very sorry, but based on this evidence, I'm ruling in favor of the defendant. So, Ms. Hull said, I'm sorry, but your case fell short. The judge found against you. How do you feel right now? I'm not happy. <laughs> How is the dog, by the way? The bottom line here. She's better than ever. She's okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Sorry you lost the case, but I'm glad she's doing better. All righty. Ms. Leon, were you worried? I mean, did you think you had a chance of uh, losing this case and, and being slapped with a $10,000 lawsuit? <laughs> no way. I know. It wasn't, it wasn't my dog. Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea whose dog no it was? Idea. Have you seen the dog in the neighborhood? I have no, but if it, if I were in her shoes, when she pulled out her phone calling her house, she should have took a picture of the person and the dog at the same time. Yeah, no, you're just not, but you're right. You're absolutely right. She should have done that. Although at that moment, that's not what she was thinking about doing. And, and I understand Yeah, I mean, you do too. All right, well, thank you very much. Um, you're off the hook. So Doug, I mean, look, in a situation like this, you need to prove the perp. In this case, you need proof that the black dog that ran away was the defendant's Rottweiler. And maybe it smells like that, but that's not enough. You need to prove it. And the plaintiff fell short. Who dresses John for the show when you two talk after the case? He's a sharp dresser. I'm guessing Judge Marilyn picks out those clothes. Well, uh, I seldom pick out your clothes. Um, you have become a very sharp dresser on your own. There's a running joke among my friends that you dress impeccably for court and uh, when you're dressed up and then you, you, you uh, do not dress impeccably. When you're in sport clothes, you have T-shirts with holes in them and uh, well, remember when bands we first from met. the 80s. And well, when we first met, you... I wasn't a great dresser. No, no. You were, actually, you were beautiful and I was very excited and I was telling my, my friends, oh, he's going to meet us here, blah, blah, blah. And right. then you walked out and you were wearing a shirt and pants that had clearly been in your dryer for maybe a week. Right. Um, Horribly wrinkled. And, and, right? and my, my girlfriends were needling me and I said, I can work with that. Don't worry about that. But so this is our clothes. It's always our clothes. Right. But there is an expert who picks out our clothes exactly. so that we so kind it, of our wardrobe. Yeah, it's funny, though. That, the, Patty. The, the clothes that I wear are just clothes, mostly stuff that was in my closet before I That's started true. coming on the show. Right. Right. And just, you know, I found some shirts that fit and I just buy from one particular company. But a lot of credit goes to you for making sure I don't walk out of the house in conflicting colors yeah. or something. And to Patty, our wardrobe person, who yeah. makes sure that, you know, hey, you have stuff that kind of matches and, you know, doesn't look ridiculous. Yeah. This is the plaintiff, Genesis Escobar. She says she loaned the defendant her former friend money. And now that they've had a falling out, he refuses to pay her back. She's not about to allow this guy to get away with stealing from her like that and is suing him here and now for the $750 she loaned him. This is the defendant, Michael. He says he and the plaintiff had a thing for a brief period of time and she gave him the money to play poker with the agreement they would share the winnings. Once they stopped seeing each other, she demanded he pay her back. And, well, here they are. He's accused of being a card shark.
All parties, please use your right hand. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Escobar, you are suing um, your former what? Friend? Boyfriend? It was a little, he was a friend, but, and yes, we messed around, but nothing serious. Okay, so former... Uh, oh, fling. Okay, fling, whatever you want to... Nice. Co- okay. Um, <laughs> you're suing him for $750 that you fronted him that you say were loans. And according to you, those were business propositions. We'll talk to you in a moment. Michael... Let me uh, hear from Ms. Escobar. Hi, Your Honor. So um, they weren't necessarily business propositions. Um, he was asking them as favors. It wasn't $750 all at once. It was like in increments. So it was started from the first day he asked me for my recall. It was September 20th up until around October 1st, if I recall from my memory. Um, I sent the evidence and stuff. Okay. So, um, but you, every time that you gave him money, it was through a cash app, right? So we know the actual yes. dates of how you did it. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Now, what was the idea when you were giving him money? How long had he you known me, him? So, Your Honor, I didn't honestly know him for long. I know him for like a few months. Okay. Um, by the time when he first started asking me for um, favors, I must have known him around um, three months what do you mean by favors? So, what do you mean? Because it wasn't any business proposition. The first time he asked me for money is because his brother owed him something. And then the next time it was because he needed to pay off a car note. And then the other time um, he asked me to find $200 um, because he wanted to like do some little weird thing with some card or whatever. Whatever poker thing he was into, I don't know. I don't care. Okay, so but he hold said on he a second. Wait a minute. What, what poker thing is he in? So uh, it was some, I don't know. Like He knows more about that. He could explain it to you. Oh, he said that he needed me to find $200 and that he was going to give it back to me. So I asked him, oh, so what happened with my 200? He said that, you know, it was nowhere to be found. That was gone and that he was going to pay me back when his job paid him again. So I said, okay, no problem. Is he a professional gambler or he's just a guy who likes to gamble and is not good at it because he's constantly hitting up his woman for money? To be honest, y'all, I had no idea he was into gambling until like... He told me um, that he played poker, but now that he was into gambling, I didn't know he was a gambler. I thought he would just play poker recreationally. Ooh. Okay, so why would he need money for poker recreationally? He never asked. Uh, he never asked me per se that he needed money for poker. That's not the reasons he gave me to text. Um, the things like I said, the three fifty was for the car note. The fifty or something was because his brother owed him. His brother ended up giving him half of it, so he asked me about his ten fifty. Then, um, next how long did you guys casually date? So basically, from July to like the first week of October. And then what happened? Um, we got into a falling out. Oh, I just didn't like the way he was acting. I felt like he was acting weird. So me personally, I have a very strong personality. If I don't like something, I'm going to express it. So I was very, very expressive with him about how I felt. So in the end, we both didn't see eye to eye and just let the situation go. Okay. And then is that the first time you started saying, hey, pay back the money? I was I was already saying that. The I, last time are, is there any evidence honor, by text that you have been saying it? Yes, Your Honor. I have the text messages. I was already over it because this was like the third, fourth time he asked me for money. But since I felt bad and I know I had it, I'm like, fine, I'll give it because that's just how I am. If I have it and you need it, fine. Yeah, but do you, can I ask you a question? You know, he needs it for things like, I mean, if he's gambling, he's got disposable income. So why are you, at some point you do realize that he does that. Why, and and if, if you see that he's not paying you back, then at what point does all the money you keep giving this 
man turn into you trying to buy the love? Like when, at what point does it start to look like they're gifts and not loans? After the 350, I realized it. I'm like, after the, the, free, the 350 was a straw for me, to be honest. Really? Because you should have realized it before then, yes. right? Like now you look back and I... you realize it's kind of goofy, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Let me hear from you. What's What happened here? Um, uh, What she's saying is, is basically true. She did loan me, loan me the money or whatever, but um, I told her that it, some of it will be a risk. Not the 350, the one for the car note. That's, that's true. That was for my car note. The rest of it was... um more or less something uh, as far as poker. And I told her, if I'm able to flip it, I'll hit you off. I'll give you your money back and some. Um, if not, there's a chance you could lose it. Do you have any I mean, proof I of anything you're saying? No, I, I, I don't right, have let's any Let's look at what proof. exactly there is proof of, shall we? Okay. I was just about to ask you for 100 until I get paid. You're not being nosy, babe. It's all good. If you can't, it's all good. Okay, that's not, hey, I'm going to take your 100 and I'm going to go and flip it. If I win, you get it back. And if you don't, this is a losing business proposition. This is, I was just about to ask you for 100 until I get paid. This is also not a gift. It's until I get paid. It is literally yes. the definition of a loan, that 100. Next, you can send me 50 if you want. My brother gave me 50. I asked him for 100, but all he had was 50. Okay, I sent it. Thank you. I got you back when I get paid. But then you got paid and you didn't get her back, did you? No, did not. Right, because you had better things to do with your money than pay back the chump who was giving you money over and over. Well, okay. Well, she already knew, she already knew what the situation was with us. That's why. What do you mean she what the really situation was? What do you mean? As far as me uh, having some uh, issues. Some financial issues, and she understood that. Whatever were you working? It's not like I left her working? on red. Yeah, I was working. Oh, okay. So then you got paid, right? When you yes. got paid, did you give her the money that you borrowed from her? No. Oh, okay. All right. Because it's pretty simple, right? Babe, send me $150, please. It's to hold me down until next week. Okay, that's no problem. But like yesterday, I have to go back to the bank and put the money in. I mean, come on. Please go now, babe. I got you back next week. Did he get you back next week? Did he pay you the money back, darling? No, no, no. no, he didn't. Okay. Babe, I need this last fave from you. My check clears on Saturday, but my car insurance is due tomorrow. Please send me. Whenever am I going to see a text saying, hey, I got a business proposition for you. You give me 100 bucks, and I'm going to gamble it and see if I can. When do I see that? Yeah, that? Because I don't see that ever. I just see you hitting her up for money we all also, the time we, because you're always short on money. Why is that? <laughs> oh, I see. But all these loans are clearly loans. Every single one of them. Yes. So now you're telling me, and, oh, there'd be yeah. evidence, but it's all verbal, so you're not going to see it. Right. Yes. Who am I going to believe? You are my lion eyes. You got, you got, you. And she asked you, you're going to have the 750 by the end of the month. I really don't want to bother you. I just want to know if you're going to have my money. And the silence roars. Right. So what really happens in October? You you stop seeing her. Right. Oh, I told. No, we see. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. We started to talk, stop talking. It wasn't had nothing to do with the money. We just stopped talking due to our own personal things that sure. was going on. When? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm going to guess it's October because there's no more texts after that. She texts you about the money and you ghost. Did he block you or did he just stop answering? Your Honor, he blocked me. All right. So, Mr. Michael, will you explain what your defense is? 
I don't have a defense. Good. Because that's how it I'm basically looks to saying, me too, basically, that you don't have but she, a defense. But she's not sitting here telling, but she's not sitting here telling you the truth as far as saying that some of that money was due to gambling and that I would say is a chance that you may not get that back. Okay, she's not showing you that. All I need is for you far. to prove that. I don't have any proof. Okay, so I don't have any sympathy. $750 verdict no. for the plaintiff. No problem. Thank you, Your Honor. No problem. So the defendant is very obvious. He says he has no defense. And the judge finds for the plaintiff. Michael, I must say, you're honest about it. No defense at all. So you got to give her the 750 bucks. What do you think? She said what she showed what she wanted to show. She said what she wanted to say. I'll leave it as that, man. I, I really got nothing to say about it, to be honest. Don't you feel? Don't this you feel like you really won. took Congratulations. advantage of her? I took advantage I mean, of her. Don't you think you took nah, advantage of her? Taking advantage of somebody that's not telling the truth is not taking advantage of somebody at all. She wasn't telling the truth all the way, but I don't have proof to back that up. So, okay. All right. Well, he loses. He's a big loser here in the People's Court. Well, so, Doug, this is another case where uh, if there's a dispute over whether something's a loan, a gift, or an investment, uh, what you write after you send the money over is going to be critical. And here it was clear from the text that this was a loan. And those texts are king in cases like this. Childbirth stories. Did John faint? One easier than another? Natural? Fill us in. Well, we have three children. Um, the first one, it was April 1st. Our daughter's birthday is April 2nd. And I said, I think it's time. And I was bending over in pain. You said, you're messing with me, right? You're just messing with me because it's April 1st. Yeah, because they have these fake contractions they call Braxton Hicks. Yeah, but I wasn't messing with you because it was April Fool's Day. I was actually having... So you just assumed that this was all fake. And then we went to the hospital I could barely walk out of the car. I get in there. And then you went to the bathroom to splash water on your face. Yeah, there was like a sink across the room. And I I, I ran over there. And what happened? Uh, I started to feel like I was going to faint. And all of a sudden, like the room started spinning and I started splashing water on my face. And then, of course, all of the nurses, the team of nurses came to assist me, to help me. Right. While <laughs> I'm sitting Thank God they were helping with a me. human right. trying right. to come out of my body. <laughs> right. But you couldn't take the fact yeah. that you were really going to be a daddy right. and yeah. you got weak knee and were true. falling on the, on the tile. You were in labor and I was getting all the <laughs> medical attention. Right. <laughs> And that was the first time I think it was real for me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a father. Like all the other stuff was like. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, though, I, you know, having gone through uh, three childbirths, I I didn't feel a thing. It wasn't that. uh, No, it wasn't that bad for you, was it? (laughs) Yeah. Right. A little stressful for you, but not that bad. Uh, Stressful. I did almost faint. These are the plaintiffs, David Rusgrove and Dylan Pilot. David says he and his girlfriend rented an apartment from the defendant. They paid their rent on time. They were great tenants. And they want the $2,800 that's rightfully owed to them returned. That's why they're suing. This is the defendant, Paula Crawford. She says the plaintiff, David, lied to her and didn't disclose he had a criminal record. And she wanted them out. Bottom line, they left the place with damages that far exceeded their deposit. And she owes them zero. She's accused of taking advantage of tenants. tenant. 
All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Rusgrove and Ms. Palotz, you are suing Paula Crawford for your $1,400 security deposit back. You're actually suing for double that that you claim you're entitled to because she has wrongfully withheld uh, the security deposit from you. Talk to me. How long did you live there? I think we were there for a total of three months altogether. Three months. And what happened to shortcut? Did you have a, a year lease or were you there on a month to month or? Uh, it was month to month. It was month to month. Sure. Okay. And uh, are you, did you decide to leave or did she decide that you guys needed to leave? Oh, she was making our stay very unpleasant because of my criminal record. Okay. And did she claim to not know about it? Yes. And she knew. And you, okay. So she, okay. But was she claiming to not know about it or was she just giving you grief about it? Cause she learned more details. What was she doing? Because if yes. you're saying she knew about well, it, why was it all of a sudden a problem? Um, because people at the barn had found out and made a big deal about it. So. Okay. So other, other, when you say people at the barn, you mean there, this is a place that you were renting that happens to have attached to it, a barn with horses, stalls for horses. Okay. So other people who had their horses there were kicking up some dust and then she started to give you grief about it. So did she ask you to leave or did you decide to leave or both? Um, she pretty much told us she wanted us out of there the same day, but I had started moving out, but I had and told her I wasn't going to completely move out until I got my deposit back. What was the day that she told you? Well, you, you don't have a right to say that because that's not what the law is. The law is that they have 30 days after you move out to inspect, get receipts, get estimates. And that's for the protection of the tenant as much as for the landlord, because the whole idea is that they're not going to say, oh, it's a thousand dollars in damage when it's only one hundred and twenty dollars in damage. They have to get actual estimates, figure it out and then send you an accounting of what what the damages are. So you don't get your deposit before you leave. But I'm asking you, when did you move out? Uh, I think we were out on June 6th, but if this did is you pay June? Uh, no, we were we moved in. If you look at the receipts, we were paid up until then. That's why we got out that. OK, so when you say if I look at the receipts, did you submit receipts that show that your rent is due on the 5th? I guess that's what you're saying, right? I think it, we always paid early, so I don't remember the exact. Date. Right. No, I I, most people's, people's most people's rent is due on the first of the month and that covers the month ahead. Do you have something that would show me that yours is different? Yours starts from the 5th to the 5th? If you look at the day we gave the deposit also in the receipts, that'll show you about roughly when we moved. Okay. Yep. I got it. There will be a deposit. Just a second. How much were you paying in rent? $1,400 a month. Okay. So on March 2nd, you give 2800 And what was that representing? One, well, it says it right here. One month rent and one month security. When did you move in? Mm -hmm. Do you remember? I, I think we moved in around the 6th or 7th. That's what I, I mean. Like I said, we always paid early. It was never really a discrepancy of the rent. When was the rent due, Ms. Crawford? The rent was due on the, well, actually it was written up on the 2nd of the month. They right. moved in on the 2nd, and they also moved their horses in on the 2nd. Right, and I do see the receipt for the, when you say move the horses in, separate to this issue of renting your place, they also were renting a, a horse stall. Correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, Correct. I see that that's on March 2nd. So when would they pay their rent? Uh, at, on the first of the month, as you... Like everybody else. Subsequent. All right. So did they pay June? No. Okay. And when did you ask them to leave? Uh, on or about May 12th. Okay. That's when I became aware of this. 
Okay. Okay. And they agreed to leave? He said he would be out by the 1st. Of June? Uh, the 1st of June. All right. And then he wasn't? They were not. Okay. So you end up keeping the $1,400 because according to you, what? The damages they did, that wasn't even accounting for the rent that they didn't pay in June, which they really owed. Even if they did a per diem, they would still owe while they occupied the apartment. Okay. But they did not. That was not assessed. The complete list of itemized list of damages is what you probably see in front of you. Okay, so you gave them an itemized list. When did you, this is just, you know, typewriting on a piece of paper, so I have no idea when you sent this to them. When did you send this to them? I mailed that out before the 30 days was up. Did you receive this? Yeah. Okay, so it has all of these complaints about the carpet was burned, uh, and then you're mixing up, I'm keeping your security deposit on your rental for stuff having to do with the barn, which you have absolutely no right to do. Those are two separate contracts. Your Honor. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to note that the receipts were paid early for the rent. She asked us to get out within less than 30 days. If you refer to the police report, she never mentioned late rent because I paid up until the day I was supposed no, to get it. No, it's out. not a matter of late rent. What I want to know is, you know, you you paid the deposits and everything and you have like everybody's rent is due on the first of the month. So if it's due on the first of the month and you say you're going to be out by the first of the month and then you're not, uh, you're like, not why? why OK, but why would you be get five days free rent? There is no, no, you're, there is nothing to support the premise that your rent goes from the fifth of the month to the fifth of the month. In fact, what you told me to look at doesn't even say that it's on the second. So no matter what, at best, your rent is due on the second. So you didn't pay the rent. So why would you be suing for double rent when you know that you didn't leave until after the time that, that you would owe rent already for the next month? Can she... Can she prove that we did not pay up until we left? Up until you, yes, because you admitted you didn't pay June and you admitted you left June 5th, right? I don't, I, if you look at the police report, it shows the day we left. I really don't know. It's June 5th. have the police report. I do have the police report. Okay. And the day you left, the day the police went there is June 5th. So let's look at the police. She Why were the police called the there? Because I left, if you look at the police report, there's pictures. I left a makeshift bed and stuff in there. Renna Center had just come that day to grab the stuff. I was not ready to leave yet. She changed the locks on the apartment. And we were at the neighbor's house actually running his, I was helping him out for less than an hour and we came back and she changed the locks. I called the police. They didn't really want to do anything. So they pretty much said, get your stuff and get out. Cause she told them that was the agreement we had. And if you'll note in there, well, why did you leave? You said I left a makeshift bed in there. Why did you do that? Cause everything because else is I clean and really, out. Yeah. Well, I wasn't out of there yet as stated. I wasn't. No. Yeah. But why really? I think, just, I think your exact words were, because I wanted to make sure I got my security deposit. So tell me about that. Because Yes. Right. Okay. So let's be frank with each other. She had stated that we weren't going to get it and we were going to have to go through all this to get our money back. So, I mean, obviously, I also, I tried to enter into evidence due to the situation of her trying to kick us out in less than 30 days. I had a cute, massive hotel expenses that I couldn't enter into evidence. Yeah, but, you know, your remedy for that is not to get out. In other words, if you, if... You're entitled to X amount of days to get out. It's different state by state. If she didn't give you enough of the, of a notice, 
then nobody's going to evict you. You can stay for the full 30 days. You agreed well, to leave and you took all your stuff out. You just wanted to leave one thing in so you had leverage to make her give you the security deposit that day. Um, but that, and you know, and you were candid about that and that's not how it goes. But my greater concern isn't any of that. Let's assume because a police officer documents that the place was clean and then she has all these complaints about it. So let's forget about the complaints about it not being clean. And let's talk about what's concerning me, which is you're there past the time that you can be there without paying June rent. That's the part that concerns me. All right. Well, from what I am seeing you're not only not entitled to double your security, you're entitled to none of it because you stayed after the first of the month or after the second of the month um, because there's a police report documenting that you didn't leave until the fifth. So my verdict in this case is for the defendant. So you heard the judge. She finds for the defendant in this case, Mr. Rusgrove, Ms. Pelote. What do you think about this? I think it's bull. Goodbye. Okay. All right. Well, that's what the plaintiff thinks. Uh, Ms. Crawford, let me ask you, you uh, you prevailed in this lawsuit. Were you concerned about it? Did you think you were going to have to pay it or not? No, I didn't feel like I did because the uh, I was looking at my receipt book here and, and even uh, Mays is dated the fifth. I mean, the first five one. And they told me they would be out. They would be gone. I expected them to be gone by the first and they were not. All right. Very good. Well, you're in the right and you prevail. Okay, Doug. So in a situation like this, you know, the the thing I want to talk about is that when you deal with a landlord that you're not getting along with, or if you're a landlord and dealing with tenants you're not getting along with, you got to put everything in writing because they are going to dispute what you said if they're angry at you. Just assume that. Put it in writing every step of the way. What's your secret to parenting with regard to your children? I think a big part of your success as a parent stems from your background in psychology because Hmm. that's where your psychology degree pays dividends that when I'm clueless about how to motivate someone or how to cheer them up, get get them back on track, you always seem to find a way to push the right buttons and kind of bring them around. I think that's more a matter of emotional intelligence than yeah, a degree yeah, in psychology. Yeah, probably a little bit both. Okay, yeah, I'm I guilty think, as charged. Right, like, <laughs> no, no emotional intelligence either. All right. It's just a matter of knowing your audience. But, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I, you're a great father, and um, there's a lot of good cop, bad cop in our house. Oh, definitely. And, and I don't mind playing good cop, bad cop, as long as I'm always that's right. good cop. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. how it always turns yeah, out. Yeah. I'm always Thank a disciplinarian and you're the fun guy who's, you know, Thank playing God. hide and seek and, and crawling Somebody, onto the roof. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for today, everybody. And we will see you next time.